Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. opportunity to speak to you all today on this beautiful Sunday morning, this beautiful snowy Sunday morning. I can see out the back doors right now there is fist-sized snowflakes coming down, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. All of you that braved your, that braved your way here this morning, welcome, and I'm glad that you made it safely. And greetings to all of our online guests. If everybody in here, could you just turn and wave at the cameras, say we miss you, we love you. Glad you're safe and cozy, all wrapped up, drinking hopefully an Arrow Youth hot cocoa bomb. In Jesus' name. Now I believe wholeheartedly, and I feel confirmation in my spirit that the Lord has given me a word for this church and for someone today. If you have your Bibles and you would like to turn in them with me, we're going to go to 2 Samuel chapter number 24. I don't know if you guys remember this. I remember the last time that I preached, worship was so good that I lost my voice before I got up here, and I think I've done it again. So bear with me on my voice. If it cracks, don't laugh at me too hard. But we are going to start at verse number 18, and it says, And Gad came that day to David and said unto him, Go up. Rear an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Aranah, 
the Jebusite. And David, according to the saying of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. And Aaronah looked and saw the king and his servants coming toward him. And Aaronah went out and bowed himself before the king upon his face upon the ground. And Aaronah said, Wherefore is my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor of thee, to build an altar unto the Lord, that the plague may be stayed from the people. I just want to let you know now, I do not plan on mentioning COVID. That's not what I'm trying to emphasize anything on today. That is not the plague we're going to be talking about. And Aaronah said unto David, Let my lord the king take and offer up what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here be oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing instruments and other instruments of the oxen for wood. Verse 23 says, And all these things did Aaronah as king give unto king. And Aaronah said unto the king, The Lord thy God accept thee. And verse 24, the really the focus of what I want to want to speak on today and the focus of uh, what the Lord I feel has given me is and the king said to Aaronah nay but I will surely buy it of thee at a price neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God that that which doth cost me nothing so David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And before we move on and before we go any further, can we just call out to God one more time? In Jesus' name, I pray, God, Lord, that I would be an instrument for you to use today, God, that I would be a vessel for your will to be done, Jesus, that you would speak through me, God, and you would use me and anoint me today for the word of which you have. God, I pray, Lord, that, that it would not fall upon a deaf ear, God, but I pray it would fall upon open hearts, Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that you would prepare the people, God, Lord, for this work, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, your great name, God, your mighty name, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I should clarify, you may be seated as long as you plan on preaching with me today. Second Samuel chapter number 24 starts, we're going to go to the beginning, we're going to start at verse number 1 and we're going to work our way to the title, uh, title text. But 2 2 Samuel chapter number 24 begins with David making a mistake. And and this this verse tells us this mistake caused again the anger of the Lord to kindle against Israel. If we were to look at the mirroring passage of Scripture, the mirroring story that is told in 1 Chronicles 21, we have uh, uh, what informs us that Satan in this time provoked David into numbering the people of Israel, of which was the prideful trap of which David fell. 
See, in ancient cultures and ancient times, a man only had the right to count or number what truly belonged to him. See, Israel and its people did not belong to King David. Israel and its people belonged to God. And it was up to the Lord to command the counting. Anything else would only be seen as a prideful act of showing how great your own kingdom would be. But David was, uh, uh, so we see here that, that David throws this idea to Joab and to the captains of the, of the host. And they, they saw Joab and the captains tried to change the mind, seeing of this, this, this poor decision that he was going to made, but, or make. But David was unaccountable to anyone, and the king's word prevailed against Joab and the captains of the host. And for 10 months, the counting took place. David could and should have realized in that time period, in those 10 months, he could and should have realized, but it wasn't until he heard the numbers did he realize the true error of his ways. And David says this, this line, which I feel we could all uh, uh, agree with that we should say about ourselves every once in a while, I have done foolishly. I have done foolishly is David's cry. And God speaking through the prophet Gad offered David three different choices of what only could be considered punishments for this action. And how hard is it that he had to now pick his poison? Essentially, picking the belt of to get the whooping. Go ahead and get yourself, go ahead and get yourself a Twitch. I never got hit with a twitch. Is that what it is? So, uh, that makes it sound like I never got spanked. My mom carried around wooden spoons. Yeah. I haven't seen a wooden spoon in a while. But those little whooping that David was about to choose from had three different things. The first seven years of famine. The second, three months, three months of his armies fleeing from enemies. The third, which is the one that David chose, was three days of pestilence in thy land. See, if we were to dissect these three choices and why David chose these, we would see that had he chosen war, his own personal safety was in no danger, as ordinance had already been passed that wouldn't allow the king of Israel into battle. Had he chosen famine, his own wealth would have protected, secured his family and his own support. But David's cho or David chose pestilence to, uh, to what could potentially be the ravages of himself or his household equally with the people of Israel. See, he did not want to pass the buck for his misdoings. He did not want, he realized the error in his ways. He realized what he did wrong, and he wouldn't let the people of Israel die and come through these, time, or these trials without first partaking in them as well. Which brings us uh, 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 to, to, to David once again as he persists with Gad talking to the Lord. Even more asking for the punishment to be passed on from them and just to be on his, his, uh, his own household and to fall on his shoulders. But yet the scripture says the Lord rejected that offer. 
Which brings us to where our title text starts. See, the Lord through Gad sends David to Aranah's threshing floor. Aranah's threshing floor has a storied past and what would be a very rich future. See, according to commentaries, Aranah's threshing floor is the same hill where in Genesis chapter 22, Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac and would then uh, be later on the same sets of hills where Jesus would pay the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. See, Aranah, a loyal servant of King David, does whatever he can do to accommodate the king, offering unto him whatever. David, take take the floor, take, take my oxen, take the tools, take the lumber, whatever it is, David. I'm your humble servant. Take it, offering unto him whatever he would need to build an altar and offer and to give to him for free. And offering David a convenient sacrifice, an easy sacrifice. See, if David would just take what would be offered to him, it would be convenient and it would be what was easy. But David has a deeper understanding of what sacrifice is and what sacrifice means. And David responds to the generous offer with a wise answer. Nay, but surely I will buy it off thee at a price. Neither will I offer the burnt offerings unto the Lord my God, which cost me nothing. See, I cannot offer a sacrifice of which has cost me nothing. David knew it wouldn't be a gift if it didn't cost him anything. David knew that it wouldn't be a sacrifice if it didn't cost something. David wasn't looking for convenience. David wasn't looking for a, a free pass. David was looking for a commitment. He was looking not for an easy way, but he was looking for a way back in. Because a sacrifice that costs you nothing is worth nothing. See, a religion that costs you nothing is worth nothing. A relationship that costs you nothing is worth nothing. I want my sacrifice to mean something. I don't want my sacrifice to be handed to me. I want to earn my sacrifice. I want that any time that I come in on a Sunday morning, that I am bringing a sacrifice that is worth something. I want that sacrifice to be worth something because if it's worth something to me, it's worth something to God. A sacrifice that costs nothing will leave you lacking with what you came with and lacking with what you leave with. See, if you come in offering nothing, you're not going to take anything. If you come in looking for a handout, oh, Lord. I'm not coming to church just to get. I'm coming to bring some praises. I'm coming with the worship to offer. I'm coming with myself because I can't give him nothing that costs nothing. Oh, in Mark chapter 11, verse number 15, we read the story of when Jesus came to the temple in Jerusalem. See, Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them, Scripture says, that sold and he began to cast out them that bought in the temple. 
And Jesus overthrew the tables, it says, of the money changers. And Jesus overthrew the seats of them that sold doves. And Jesus would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. I'm going to stop right there. I just want to give a little historical context. See, the, the, the outer courts where they began to do this, that was a place for the Gentiles and the Jews to worship together. This is a place where, where two people of different backgrounds, of different cultures can come and worship God. And they turned the outer courts into a convenience store. See, you know, during Passovers, the people would begin to trek hundreds of miles. They would, they would start these treks with a pure sacrifice. But, but what happened over time, the, for convenience sake, it's hard to travel and keep things nice. Have you ever traveled a, a little bit wearing some dress clothes? You look nice getting in the car. When you get out, your jacket's wrinkled, your shirt's wrinkled, your pants and the knees. It's hard to keep stuff looking nice on a long travel. If your breath stinks, yeah, is that just me? After a long day in the car, my breath stinks. I don't know why. Clearly, I'm on an island here. Someone be like, my breath stinks too. There we go, Eric. Thank you, Sister Bridget. Hopefully not right now. But they turned it into a convenience store where the people could come and instead of carrying and bringing their sacrifices, they were able to buy easy sacrifices. They were able to kind of put off having to bring anything because the convenience of being able to get it while you're there. They, the, the layout of the temple, see, people, people began to use it. Instead of the long, what would be a long walk around the temple, people began to use the temple as a walkway. Oh, let me just cut through the outer courts. i got to get to where I'm going a little bit faster. See, they began to use this place, this, this place as something more of a convenience store than what it, what it, what it should have been. See, and after Jesus goes through and Jesus would not suffer that any man carry any vessel through the temple, Jesus said, my house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. See, there have, may have been some thieving going on. Maybe a little uh, charge and extra going on. There may have been some shady handshake agreements being made. But perhaps I submit to you this, that when Jesus came to the temple, he found that the outer courts where the Gentiles and Jews could worship together had been transformed into a place of convenience where sacrifices could easily be found. But these people were not stealing a physical thing, but the culture of prayer. Then the worship was stolen by the culture of convenience. They came and treated it not as if it were a temple, but if it was more of a grocery. They came and would not worry about what they bring, but worry about what they got when they get there. That place where God was able to commune with his people. That place where God was able to be in touch with his people. That house of God changed from what, uh, what sacrifice I can bring to what sacrifice I can get. But in this day and in this time and in this hour, we cannot settle for convenience. We cannot settle for the convenience of the worship 
but we don't bring the worship with us. We cannot settle for an attitude and a culture of convenience where this is just a rest stop before we go to the next thing. I get dressed on Sunday morning to go to Cracker Barrel at lunch. That is not, this is not the place where we just pass, to, pass through. This is not the place where we come and get just a little bit of what we need and don't bring anything with us. This is not a place where we come for an easy way out, but an easy or a, a hard way in. That's what, oh Lord. Now when I come on a Sunday, I'm not coming to get the experience of what worship is like, but I'm bringing my own worship with me. That I'm not coming to experience uh, uh, lyrics on a wall. I'm not coming to experience some talented band, uh, talented singers. I'm coming because I got something to praise about. That I'm coming because I got a sacrifice of praise. That I got a sacrifice because I have something that's worth something to Him. Oh, that when I come on a Sunday, I'm not coming to get joy, but I'm coming to bring joy. That I can't survive off the sacrifice that didn't cost me anything. I have to have my own. Oh, Lord. I wish somebody would hear me. I wish somebody would hear me because I, I'm talking to somebody that's been coming and receiving. And they're wondering why if I can come and get it, if it's, if it's just so convenient, why am I leaving the same? It's because you're not leaving changed. A sacrifice is the killing and the cutting away. We come and we kill and we cut away our flesh. We come and we kill and cut away our sin so that we can receive something different from God, so that our sacrifice can change us. If you would stand to your feet, I'm not going to go much more. I'm going to go about two minutes more. And this is my altar call right here. That if you've, been, if you've been searching for something, it's time to leave something. That if you've been wanting something and looking to receive something, it's time to come lay down a sacrifice. It's time to leave the convenience at the store, but bring something to. Bring something to an altar. Bring something to the Father. Bring something to the King. Realize that it's not okay to give something that costs nothing. It's not okay. I can't have a relationship with my wife only having conversations from a Hallmark card. I can't allow, I can't allow the sacrifice of others to be the thing that my, my communication runs through. I can't allow the communication of a card to be the thing that my wife knows that I love. I can't have that. I can't have anything else speaking for me, sacrificing for me. I have to have my own sacrifice. And I'm gonna open this altar up right now. If, we, if you have something that needs to be laid down to get a better relationship, a closer relationship, this is the time and this is the place. Leave your sacrifice at the altar. Leave it here. Leave it here. It may not be convenient. It may not be the time for you. You may be thinking, I gotta get out because these roads are getting worse by the second. But this is the inconvenient time for a sacrifice. This is the inconvenient time to lay something down for the Lord.
just push a little hard, push a little more. There's things that we're holding on to. There's things that have been holding us back for a long time. There's grief. There's struggles. There's things that, that we hold on to, and it's just the thing that we usually come and we leave with. We come and look for an answer. We come and look for an answer, but we don't leave anything here. If you want that answer, if you want that provision, it's time to drop some sacrifices. It's time to live and give a little bit more. That costs something a little bit more.
Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm going to wait on your sheets. I'm going to wait on your sheets.